Good evening. Good morning. It's 10 p.m. on this recording. I was just inspired. I had to jump on, and I realized that you might be asleep or you're watching this on replay. If you are, give me a hashtag replay. We are continuing this little series that I have been putting together on signs that you're avoiding love, signs that you're pushing away love. And the reason why I want to be talking to you about this at this time is that, as you can see from here, Diana put the Christmas tree up. I can't take any credit. I was holding Dominic and watching our first Christmas together. We have uh, little gifts under the tree already from our friends and uh, pretty exciting. And... Um, between now, the reason why this is so important is between now, like after Thanksgiving, by the way, happy Thanksgiving if uh, you're American, um, or if you're watching on replay, it doesn't matter, you're watching on, on YouTube. Between now and Valentine's Day, we see a spike in conflict and breakups. I have been in this line of work helping people with relationship and career and anxiety and really helping people create secure relationships by re by creating security within healing attachment wounds all things neuroscience and neuroplasticity and every single year from now until Christmas we see a bubbling up a surgence like a surge of triggers of conflict of relationship breakdowns uh, there is a spike in conflict and breakups that are beginning from now uh, Thanksgiving to Christmas and I'm 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 gonna go so far as to say my prediction is that it's going to be worse if there is any such thing as some sort of a survey company that measures the you know the amount of conflict and breakups that and marriages and divorce sorry divorces and separations that start around this time of year I'm willing to put money down that now through COVID that things are going to be even worse and so that makes this conversation that much more important hey Suzanne what's up that makes this conversation that much more important because as in Suzanne's case we've been working with Suzanne for the last few months she's in our mastermind and the, the the family dynamic has been transforming there's there's conflict is done a lot uh better hey Kathy conflict is done a lot uh you know there's there's more regulated regulation happening self-regulation happening just with one person Suzanne doing the work the reason why I'm having this conversation <clears throat> is because I stand for healed families I believe that the answer to the world's problems uh, come from us just focusing on healing our attachment wounds so that we create safety in our own body so that we can step up as leaders in a new earth, in a new world that's completely transforming in front of our very eyes. The ones who win versus lose on the other side of this pandemic are the ones that have the most ability to self-regulate uh, and turn whatever triggers and challenges that they're going through into deeper intimacy with the, into a deeper sense of self-love within themselves and 
conflicts, especially within relationships, within your household, into deeper intimacy. So the ones that I predicted early before the pandemic hit, the most important skill that you can learn is turning your triggers into a deeper sense of self-love instead of self-abandonment, which is what we do, and the conflicts that you go through into deeper intimacy. These are the most important skills you never learned. And you never learned it. Uh, where did you learn these skills? Well, take a look at your life. <clears throat> take a look at your household. The conflicts between your parents, the way they did conflict, and the way that you had your relationship with your parents, your attachment um, bonding to them, <clears throat> pretty much gives you the foundation of your entire nervous system moving forward throughout your life. And the concept of trigger proof that you're in in this community uh, and you're listening to this this uh, Facebook Live or, or replay of the YouTube uh, video or you're in my kind of email list and you're in my kind of universe right now, you're listening because you're in my space, the conversation is really about breaking the cycles of intergenerational trauma through taking full responsibility of your attachment wounds and healing them so that you can break the cycle from going passing down to your children because it sure as shit didn't start with you and it didn't start with your parents. And so when we, and this conversation is really about taking responsibility in a world where everybody wants to play the victim. Everybody wants somebody else to answer the problem, somebody else to create safety. We desperately are like wounded little children wanting somebody outside of us to create safety. And the ones, this is kind of like a little revelation that I had that I share with my clients and I share with my community. If you can set yourself up to be fully self-regulated and having the capacity and the resilience to handle an adversity like the coronavirus crisis or a relationship breaking down so that on the other side of that, you're actually better not worse, not waiting for the storm to pass, but using the storm to upgrade yourself, you will win on the other side of this crisis. I've made a living moving from chiropractic, my chiropractic career, helping people with physical crisis, to moving and seeing that these physical crises were often tied to and entangled with emotional wounds and injuries. And so... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I'm not wearing a mask right now. I apologize to you right now. Hope you're okay. Um, so essentially what I learned is that by focusing on the emotional crises, the emotional wounds that haven't been healed, we then can actually ha heal our physical bodies. It's absolutely true. I'm absolutely convinced that most illnesses, chronic pain, chronic illness, even little aches and pains that are showing up definitely, definitely have to do with either suppressed or repressed emotions that aren't kind of properly moved and acknowledged through the body and connected to those younger parts of us that are basically searching for safety, for attention, for affection. <clears throat> so now I'm an educator and I help people heal their emotional wounds emotional injuries that happen as a result of the traumas that we go through. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about and really help highlight for you so that you understand and you're able to 
you know, wake up instead of use social media to kind of numb yourself. When you're paying attention here, I promise you every time uh, you're going to actually be awakened to yourself because I'm going to ask you questions and I'm going to point your attention in the direction of finding stuff out up more about yourself, awakening to yourself, so that you can choose your own reality. That's really the whole purpose. When you can awaken, <clears throat> you choose your own reality rather than being asleep and having your triggers and all of your past wounding pretty much give you a probable, almost certain future, as they say in Landmark, your probable, almost certain future. This is a, a line that they really love to use. And I really like it. And it really it really helps you understand that your future is pretty much predetermined. It's predetermined. How? Well, by all of your unresolved wounds. I can pretty much predict how you're going to re react to a trigger, what kind of relationships you're going to choose, what roles you're going to play, what patterns you're going to get into again and again, and it's basically set out for you. That's your fate. Unless... There's a big unless. Unless you choose <clears throat> and you make one decision that you're not going to be uh, a victim to your past traumas and woundings anymore and those patterns, that you're going to be at cause for creating a new reality and choosing an, your own adventure. But a lot of people are scared of that possibility. It's unfamiliar to create your reality. It's familiar so I'll just go, even though I'll keep going, even though I'm fucking miserable, I'll just keep going. Because I'm scared. It's really scary to choose my own reality. And that's really the, the whole journey, the hero's journey that we're on, aren't we? When Morpheus in the movie Matrix tells Neo, um, you know, you're the one, but you must believe it. And Neo's like, no, no, I don't, I can't. I'm just kind of like, I'm not the one, just somebody else. And so it's kind of like, you got to almost give yourself permission to break free from these unconscious jail that was uh, kind of you were born into through no fault of your own. Let me know if this is resonating with you. So how do you do that? Well, you understand that a lot of the traumas that you went through in your past has caused you to put a wall around your heart and disconnect you and and kind of detach you from love itself and the way that you break that cycle is through love sounds really cheesy sounds really corny but it's actually true in my 20 years as a healthcare provider i've never understood anything more powerful to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma but through love, love of yourself, love of your parents, love of your past, love of all of the people who have harmed you, <laughs> love and understanding. And this is a very radical concept in a world where, in a social media frenzy world where, uh, you know, an egocentric uh, victim narrative of, you know, labeling people as perpetrators, abusers, me too, and all of that, which are important parts of our, you know, growth to go from despair to me too, and go from being victims to, you know, like standing strong for a cause. Sometimes what happens is the pendulum goes from one end 
to the other. And then we see the impact of, you know, it going from one extreme, you know, like the women's liberation movement. You know, women have suffered greatly at the hands of men. So we pendulum swings to the other side and now it becomes kind of like anti-men and there's an impact of that and both sides uh, both extremes uh, are, are are not healthy so kind of finding a balance in the middle is really what this conversation's about so how do we block love if you go back uh, to my previous videos uh, there you can see signs you're avoiding love uh, number one number two uh, and number three and the signs basically are, let me just share it with you. Um, number one, if you want to go back and, and watch it in its entirety, you struggle to trust anyone, including yourself. Number two is you fear intimacy. Number three is your body is closed and tense. And I want you to go back and watch those. Scroll down or make sure you go back and watch those. And number four is you fear being seen. Being seen. That is one of the indicators of your pushing love away. Fear of being seen. Why is it? Why is it so scary to be seen? Why? And we see this a lot in our clients. Um, they come in in relationship limbo. Should I stay? Should I go? Uh, and the very thing that you're, when we work with people, we tell them the very thing that you've been challenged by, you're going to see and experience. And you're actually, in order to become trigger-proof to something, unfortunately, you're signing up to actually be triggered in it. Let me say that again. In order for you to be trigger-proofed to something, doesn't mean trigger-less, it means you must be willing to feel it. So, for example... Uh, in order for you to get over your fear of heights, you can't sit there and read in a book. Uh, yeah, you're going to be safe if you go, you know, 10,000 feet uh, and parachute. Uh, it will open. You'll have all of this stuff. So you're safe. Like the only way that I can get over my fear of heights is to actually be willing to feel the fear of my heights, of heights. Does that make sense? So the very thing that people are challenged by in their relationship is they've never been seen in one of the uh, one of the client calls uh, one of the clients that we're working with uh, was witness to ab abuse in his family between his father and his sister and he had a 25 year marriage that he was a part of that they're in limbo and they they're looking to get a divorce and he had never ever told her that he never told her imagine being married to somebody and being witness to abuse and it traumatizing you with guilt fear shame all of the all of the things and then you're in a relationship with somebody and those past experiences were never even mentioned they never even came up Hmm. And now they don't have intimacy. You think that's going on? You think that that's, you know, a big, you think that that has anything to do with why the relationship is falling apart is that you yourself are not, are the type of person that doesn't feel safe enough to take off the mask and be seen for a, the little boy who had that experience as a child. Does that make sense to you? Does this make sense? You say cognitive therapy. I don't know what that means. Um, 
And guess what? When this person started working with us, I asked him to show up on group calls to, you know, express what he just went through, what his revelations were. He's like, no, I, I can't. I have a tremendous fear of being seen. And this person is slowly dying inside and their health is turned to shit and they don't know whether to stay, whether to go. And it's all because of their fear of being seen. And why do we fear being seen? Why is it that we fear being seen? Take a moment and ask yourself that. A, do I have a fear of being seen? Where am I afraid to be seen? This is very, very common, what I've observed in people who have corporate jobs, where there are specific rules, regulations, and this is kind of like what it is. It's the government systems, political systems, school systems, religious system, medical system. There are systems which punish us for not, uh, for not believing, behaving uh, the way that we should. And any time you're raised in a, in a place where you are, you're not... Um, you're not you're punished for 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 expressing yourself that punishment stays in your body and the message that you get in your body is if i show the real me if i express the truth of who i am then i'm going to be shamed i'm going to be punished i'm going to be rejected i'm i am going to have love withdrawn from me love will be gone so to compensate i'm going to put on a mask i'm going to hide and i'm going to lay low so that i don't have to deal with the feelings of rejection let me know if this is re landing and resonating if you and the question that i have in your relationship what parts of you are you hiding Take a moment, and I'm not here to judge you. I'm not making you wrong about it in your relationships or even in your work, okay? What parts of you are you hiding? What parts of you do you not want other people to know about? That represents your shadow. This is your shadow part. And the... This becomes the prison with an unlocked door. This is your shadow. This is the part of you that you're afraid to be seen. Because if, I, if you see, if I tell my partner this, if I express to people who I really am, they're not going to love me. And, uh, you know, this, these are people who message me saying, oh, I'm a very private person. Do you just do one-on-one? -on -one? I don't really want to do group work. And those are the people who fear being seen who have intimacy issues, intimacy, often intimacy disorders, and it shows up in your relationships. Because what happens is you're unconsciously pushing love away. Because you don't understand, you think that the real you is not worthy of love, so you hide the real you and people don't get the real you, and there's no way for people to really connect. The, my experience of you, uh, excuse me, your experience of me, if I'm afraid of being seen, your experience of me is that I'm uptight, I'm tense around you, I, I'm overly positive, 
I hide my negative side, I put on a mask, I put on a fake smile, and I'm completely inauthentic. You see a masked version of me. And there's no way that you can love me for who I truly am. Because uh, I'm not willing to take the risk in letting you see it. And by me not taking the risk, it protects me from the horrible, painful feelings of rejection. However, it pushes love away. And I end up feeling alone. And I turn around and I blame other people when in fact it's actually my fault. Not my fault. I don't want to shame you or anything like that because it's nobody's fault. It's my creation. Not my fault. It's my creation. It's my creation that I'm alone. I've distanced myself because I didn't have the courage, didn't have the tools, didn't have the community, didn't have the support to learn how to safely take off the mask and be seen. This reminds me of Caleb, who just in this last week in our group, in front of everybody, and his wife uh, Jenna is also in, in, in the program with him, uh, he basically admitted, he goes, I don't really want anybody to know. Uh, yes, I understand what cognitive therapy and CBT is. I just don't understand what context you're saying it in, in, in this conversation, Kathy. So I just don't understand. I get what it is, what CBT is, but I don't know what you're, why you're writing that. Like, what's the context of that? Is there a question? Is there a comment you have about it? You have to understand from my perspective, I don't know what you're, what you're specifically talking about. But what I'm, what I'm sharing about Caleb was that he took the risk of being seen. The, the shadow part of him that he admitted, he was like, I really feel horrible. There's a lot of people in, in the work that we do. There's a lot of people who are healing from some sort of infidelity. Either they themselves were the partner that uh, had the affair or they were the partner that the other person had the affair in. That's one of the major things that causes people to wake up and kind of look and go, okay, something's not right. Like they let it go, you let it go, you let it go. And then the catastrophe happens, a crisis happens, which is what I specialize in. I, I specialize in helping people kind of upgrade themselves through a crisis, not downgrade, but upgrade themselves so that on the other side of the crisis, they're actually, oh my God, that was amazing. That was the best crisis ever. I'm so grateful, even though it was shit while I was going through it, I'm actually better as a result of it. I, I help people get there with divorce, infidelity. And what they've discovered was with Caleb's share and us holding space for both of them, they were both, they both felt seen. They both took the risk of, he took the risk of being rejected. He goes, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked out for saying this and people are going to hate me, but this is what I did. And so he held, we all held space and then other people, because he took the risk, other people spoke up and were like, wow, I, I had the same thing. I did the same thing. Who here can relate? Everyone put their hands up. And it's like this amazing experience where the collective gets to see you and create safety for you to feel seen. And then when you can feel seen by a community of people, which is how we did it in our ancestry, 
You know, that's we just lost touch with that in this computer age, in all of this lockdown. We don't have tribes and community, but luckily with Zoom and technology, we can create that. And this week, we were able to hold space for someone to feel seen in his shame. And the result was the opposite of what he thought. He thought that he was going to completely lose love and be kicked out. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. The exact opposite happened. We all just gave him mad love for taking the risk of being seen. And what that did was that connected him to love. It didn't dissociate him from love. He didn't feel more rejection. He actually felt more connection. So consider the possibility that you're pushing love away because of this fear of being seen. And this fear of being seen came not because of you. It wasn't your fault that it's there. It was the result uh, and the effect of conditioning. Conditioning that said that you have to you know, think what we think, believe what we believe, behave the way we behave. Uh, otherwise, you're not welcome here. You know, and we then end up creating a prison with an unlocked door, meaning it's, you know, we don't necessarily, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the, the prison that we think it is. And if you're willing to just step in and lean into that conflict, lean into that fear, all of a sudden something amazing happens. So let me know if any of this is resonating with you. Where, have, where do you notice yourself blocking love because of your fear of being seen, your fear of vulnerability, fear of intimacy in your relationship? What are you holding back? What parts of you do you feel ashamed of? Now, the cool thing about this is the parts of you that you're feeling ashamed of, that you're afraid of being seen, isn't your fault. It comes from attachment wounds and attachment traumas. There's a younger part of you. There's a little wounded child inside of you that was punished for expressing themselves. So they reacted and responded and adapted by putting on a mask. Now, in order for you to have health and well-being, you must learn how to integrate those parts, how to bring yourself in communion with those parts and reconnect with them not just cognitively 
like in CBT, Kathy. Cognitively doesn't actually work. I can sit here and cognitively and talk therapy my way through my life, but then what happens in the moment of trigger, you must learn skills in order to handle internal storms and conflict so that you don't become reactive by lashing out or shutting down and put pushing further away. You can actually use the trigger to connect. Um, in those cases, <clears throat> it, you know, many of you have been messaging me, where do I begin? What, what, you know, what, what's the best place to start? And one of the offerings we have, um, one of the offerings we have right here, I just, just copying it right here. One of the offerings we have for the people that are like really keen, many of you have already registered. We have people signed up from all over, from uh, New York, from New Zealand, from Europe even. People from all over the world are jumping in, Australia. <coughs> and here's what's happening over the weekend. On Saturday night, I take you through this process that actually helps you reconnect with those younger parts of you that determine that they're unworthy of love because they were expressing themselves at one point and then were told that it's too much, not to cry, not to uh, express yourself, that you're uh, not good enough who you are. And you made up a story then that is you know, part of that wounded child that walks around with you, your child mind that comes, becomes activated every single time you get triggered and takes over and causes you to push love away, I teach you the methodology that I've actually kind of integrated from all my years of study, Demartini, uh, Byron Katie, all the cognitive uh, kind of masters, Joe Dispenza, and merge that in with attachment theory, polyvagal theory, and somatic work. And it's the most comprehensive, top-down, bottom-up approach to healing your attachment wounds that you could possibly encounter in five hours. In fact, it's been likened to 20 years of therapy in five hours. Um, we're doing it this weekend. Those of you who are coming, it's going to be really amazing we go into that exact scenario that time the younger self where you decided that you didn't matter that you weren't worthy of love exactly as you are it's there with you you might as well learn the way i see it is they're there walking with you sometimes driving the bus with you being unconscious you might as well learn how to turn around and make friends with that little fucker how about that <laughs> that would be a great idea. And we reestablish a, a, a playful connection with those parts of you that you feel ashamed of, that you don't want to be seen in, that's causing you to push love away. Because a life without a healthy exchange of giving and receiving love is not a life worth living. I don't care what, how much money you make doesn't even matter. If you don't have an ability to give and receive love and you're pushing love away because of um, of example number four, then you're not having the full richness experience of life itself. 
your body's not healing, you're showing up codependent, you are uh, putting on a mask and pretending, and you're getting into the same old patterns again and again. And when you get this right, you will learn exactly how to create a sense of safety in your relationships where you're trusting the other person because you trust yourself. This lack of trust that you have in the other person comes because of a lack of learning these skills and it's not your fault because you learned them from parents that didn't really understand how to do it. And that's unfortunate. However, it's your responsibility. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. And why it's important now is because lives are at stake. Our children's uh, nervous systems and the choices they make in their relationships and the, the level of safety they feel at home depend on how safe we feel inside ourselves and are able to create in our relationships. And I absolutely love teaching it. For those who are nerding out on neuroscience and polyvagal and inner child and holistic psychology and all this stuff that's become popular, especially now is the most important thing for us to learn. Jump in and I encourage you to join us. It's happening in the next couple days and I'll see you at the next perfect time. Let me know what landed for you in this conversation and if you have any other questions and I'll see you tomorrow for the next uh, transmission. Peace out.